0: going to talk to you this morning, and this may actually bleed over to next week, I think. I don't know. I don't know just exactly what God's got in store, but I'm going to try to get this part of it done this morning. But we're going to talk about, you know, we've been talking this year, we've we've had some things that God's done. We talked about earlier this year about uh, our rewards, our eternal rewards that we're going to receive it's okay to pay attention to those things because it's in the Word, so obviously that's part of the guidebook. And no, check our hearts, make sure our hearts are in the right place. What we're doing is for God, not for ourselves. If we do it for ourselves, our reward is the praises of men, and that's it. It's, it's over. But then we get into the work of the Holy Spirit and what he does. And how... He is so much. We can't do nothing without him, amen? We can't even pray right without him. And so he has a work on this earth. He is the one that will teach us all things. That was the other part that he did. And now we're going to talk about God's favor. God's favor is uh, it's what he does for us. In Deuteronomy 28, you don't have to turn there because I didn't want to cover all that. In Deuteronomy 28, that will basically give you the blessings and the cursings of obedience. In order to have God's favor, then we have to be obedient to God. We've got to be obedient to His Word. We've got to also be obedient when we hear Him talking to us in our prayer time. He might answer a question through me to you or from somebody else to you if you've had a question, and sometimes if we get to the place of disobedience, he starts nudging us and letting us know because he does want to put his favor upon us. Favor is not necessarily about monetary things, material things, amen? Amen? You hear people talk about that where there's no vision, the people perish. And they usually put that to the fact of where the money is. No, it's about souls. Favor is not just about the stuff you have. Favor goes so much deeper. Favor was this morning setting this young man forth in ministry. Favor is God showing us this morning in our song service how he tied things together. That's favor of God, isn't it? Favor is the fact that you got out of bed and came to church this morning. The devil didn't want you to. Did you know that? He didn't want you getting up. You had a million things you could do, but God's favor upon you, he made the way for you to be able to overcome that temptation that Satan put on you. That's God's favor. It's more than just the stuff of this world. You die today, they plant you out there. Ain't nothing you got here going with you. Okay? So we need to understand what God's favor is. God's favor is giving us the ability to pray. God's favor could be a healing of some kind that you've needed. God's favor is, can I share what we did yesterday? God's favor is when my buddy Berkeley, been out on the town all day. You know, he runs around a lot. <laughs> He's going to beat me up, too, next time I'm there. But he gets home yesterday, his feet, you know, he's, he's he, for those of you that are visiting, you remember like about a year ago, he had one hip replaced, and then along about February, wasn't it, January, February, December. December, see my mind ain't worth nothing, but he had another one, the fact that he had two hip replacements, one on the side and then the other, and yet he got on his feet, he's just recently graduated from the walker, been using the cane, but yesterday he gets home. His feet gets tangled up around his chair, and he falls. And and Sister Leona calls me and says, are you home? I'm like, yeah. Can you get here? Berkeley's fell. Didn't know what I was going to find. We didn't talk about it. We just hung up, and I had to do what we had to do. But he's in church this morning. (laughs) Amen. And the only thing he's got is a little skint place on his knee. Folks, that's Favor. When the angels are around and whenever Jesus, you know, they said, the devil told him, said said, you know, if I throw you off here, the angels are going to catch you. The devil knows that's God's favor. I wanted you to understand that before we get to where we're going this morning. God's favor, it ain't about the stuff. It can be, as we're going to see this morning in this particular story, it can be. Let me get into this. I'm going to lay some groundwork before we get into the scripture, but you can stick your finger in your Bible, go to your phone, your iPad, your iPod, your tablet, whatever it is you use, and you can bring up uh, 1 Kings chapter 2 uh, and chapter 3 and also 2 Chronicles 1. That's where we're going to be going, and probably if we may have time, we're going to go into 1 Kings 10. Because I want you to see that yes, it can be, and that's why I think that this morning we're going to be talking about one thing. I believe this is going to bleed over to next week. I don't know yet. I'm going to see what he says. I'm kind of feeling that in my spirit now, if not next week, some other time. But I I need to lay a story out for you. See, we we have protocols and ideas and things that we want to do uh, that we think is right, and sometimes in many cases they are right, but God, he doesn't fit into that. Everybody say, God's not in the box, and you can't put him there, okay? So we're going to start out talking about David. This is the groundwork. Now, Israel had kings. First one was Saul, right? Okay, Saul was a big, big fella. He was, he was, he was something, but he was the first one to come about, And the next king that came along was who? David. David. Now, if you think about in those days, back then it was the firstborn son that got the inheritance. He was the guy that would become the king. And I'm going to lay this in there too. This will probably fit in later. These guys, whenever they would uh, um, have sons, these sons would go and they would marry people of other countries and other tribes because that's how they had their, their unity, so to speak. The, you know, well, it's family, and so they wouldn't fight among each other. So it was usually the daughter of a king of this country would marry the daughter of the king, or son of the king of this country. That's what they did to tie everything together to keep, to keep that kind of a bond going. But we see with David that he was a giant killer, right? He was a shepherd boy. He wasn't in among the crowd. David was on the back side of the hill where nobody else wanted to walk to, dealing with the sheep, and he is fighting lions and bears, as the Bible tells us, right? That's true. But he wasn't the firstborn. So when he was to be anointed king, when Samuel went and God sent him, he he uh, he went to all these boys, and God says, it's not the one, not the one, not the one, not the one. And So finally, David comes in, and he gets anointed king. And we know that he was under the tutelage of of Saul for a while, and and then Saul turned against him because he got jealous just because of what people were saying. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. At that very moment is when trouble came, and he started pursuing him and going after him, and we know that it didn't work out for him so well. I'm not going to go in depth of that, but you can read about it, but this is the foundation I want to lay. And who was the next king? Solomon. Now, when we get to Solomon, we have something else that's going on here. We talked this morning in Sunday school in Randy's class about Ruth. Well, from that lineage and the way that came about, she was a, she was a Moabitess, but yet she's in the lineage of Jesus. So God, guess what? He got outside the box with what he was doing. And so he uh, we know that David comes from Jesse and he has these wives and he has these boys by these wives. The first one he had was Amnon. He's got nine of them before uh, nine before Solomon. And there's nine boys after Solomon. So he's the middle boy. Yeah, he had a bunch of daughters too. But we know that Solomon came from Bathsheba. Now we know that story, right? He committed adultery with her, had her husband killed. Think about it. But God said, I got this. It's my will, and I'm going to do it my way. That's what God was saying. So we have this, this tale going on, but Amnon, he, he was the firstborn, so in rights, he would have been the next king. But that didn't happen. Do you remember what happened? He fell in love with his sister Tamar, his half-sister. He had relations, with. he raped her. So Absalom, her full brother, he's out to get him, and he's mad at, he's mad at, he's mad at David because David didn't do nothing. He thought David should do something about it. I'm ad-libbing this, y'all, but I think I'm right. If I'm not, stand up and let me know. We'll, we'll fix it. But what happened is this. They send him out to battle, and he gets killed. Am I right, Brother Gene? He told his men when they get out there, y'all, get him drunk and, and get him happy and get his guard down and kill him. And so they did. 1st First firstborn's gone. Now, there's another one in there called Chiliad. The Bible doesn't say anything about him. So guess what we do with that? If the Bible don't expound on it, neither do we. Otherwise, we get our own opinions in there, and then, then things get going crooked. But then the next one, Absalom, he's the one next one here, okay? He is chasing after David. We know that's going on. And he's so full of himself trying to win the people over saying, I should be king. He's not doing what he should. Standing up on his high horse. Well, he got so high on his horse one day in battle, he's riding along. He's got this beautiful flowing, curly blonde hair, I guess. Long, beautiful hair. He was a handsome fella. And he's riding along one day and all of a sudden his hair gets tangled up in a branch of a tree. By the way, this tree is a tree that God planted. The branch belonged to God. And so it it caught him up, and he couldn't get out. That beautiful hair he had was going to be his downfall. So it made it easy for the guys that was after him to go up to him with the sword and just run him through. He's done. Then there's another boy that's next in line called Adonijah. Now, Adonijah... He's next in line, right, as you would think. But that didn't work out that way neither. So picture this. David, he's at the end of his life. And at the end of his life, he, he can barely go. They get, they get a girl to come in to, to take care of him and look after him. And, and while he's, he's uh, uh, laying there in his bed, you can just I can just hear his voice being real weak, you know. And all the people come in, and Adonijah, he goes out, and he's appointing himself king. He's making sacrifices. He's got all the, the priests with him, and all this is going on. And he they anoint him, and they come in, and they say, look, he's making himself king. And so Bathsheba comes to him, and she says, didn't you say that our boy Solomon was going to rule after you? And so I can just picture him in his voice when Adonijah's doing this, and he's saying, it's not you. His little frail voice, it's not you. Next king's going to be Solomon. Now, you can just hear Adonijah going, what? Solomon who? The woman that you committed adultery with, a harlot, basically? That's what they looked at her as. And this is going to be the next king. That's the picture that we have. You see, when Solomon was born, they named him Solomon, but God named him something else. Jedediah. That's what God named him. It's in the word. Jedediah means beloved of Jehovah. You get the picture of this? Things ain't going as everybody thought they would go. The plan wasn't exactly how people thought it was gonna be, but God said, I got this. We're gonna do it how I need to do it. And I want you to understand that whenever it comes time for a favor, it's the same way. We we um uh, we go to first first Kings chapter two. And this is the blessing of David. So now the, in chapter 2, verse 1, Now the days of David drew near that he should die, and charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way all of the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord for uh, your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, as is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do, And wherever you turn, that the Lord may fulfill his word, which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to the way and to walk before me in truth with all their heart, that's a key word right there, and with all their soul, that's another key word, he said, You shall not lack a man on the throne. So he made it so that this... Solomon is now going to be coming to the throne. But I need to back up and tell you something here real quick. According to what the Jewish people say, the Bible doesn't tell us that we can't glean it, and I said we've got to be careful with that. So you take this for what it's worth. But Solomon was about 12 years old when he took the throne. God went from an old guy to a younger fellow, now to a kid. A child and now he's on the throne he, he ruled for 40 years the Bible says so that means he died when he's about 52 so here he is he's on the throne and if the Jewish people have it right in their history he was a kid he was 12 years old most of the 12 year olds are probably over there in children's church right now but this is who God had chosen And so here he is, he's on the throne, and to make it, think about what he saw his daddy do. He saw his daddy worship God. How did his daddy worship God? you remember his wife that he got from Saul, that he was able to get her as a wife? How did he worship? Well, he danced before the Lord, and she called him a fool. Don't you know we don't act like that? That's what she was saying to him. Come on, man, you're in the palace now. We don't act like that. But here he is just dancing around, you know, dancing before the Lord, kind of like a Cherokee Indian or something. He's dancing around before the Lord, and where she called him a fool, she messed up because she never had no babies. She cursed herself because she took what God had anointed and said, God, you did it wrong. And God got her. But he watched his daddy do this, and I can just picture that he... Mimics his daddy. Don't our kids mimic us? You can tell who belongs to who just by how they act most of the time. Yeah, that's your boy for sure. He didn't fall far from the tree. Looks like he acts like you. The mannerisms as you get older usually a lot of times get a lot closer too. So you know that they belong to him. And so you can see that what's going on in his life, he's been chosen to be the leader. He's been chosen to lead. But then what happened to Adonijah? You would think that Adonijah is going to come and try to kill him. You'd think that he would want to chase after him, but he didn't. Listen to this word. 2 Kings 2 and 13, Now Adonijah, the son of Haggath, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. So she said, 'Do Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. Moreover, he said, I have something to say to you. And she said, Say it. Now, let me stop right there. That is the way business is supposed to be done. I got something to say. Well, say it. That's what the Lord gives us, right? That's how you get down to business. Don't think it. Say it. You got something to say? Say it. That's what she was doing right here. Now, listen to what he says. Then he said, you know that the kingdom was mine. He thought, this is my kingdom. I'm the next one in line. But listen to what he said. You know that the kingdom was mine and all Israel had set their expectations on me. He's out there sacrificing and doing all these things. They've anointed him. They've gone through the pomp and the circumstance and the ritual and all these things. But that's how it was supposed to be. They've had all these expectations of me that I should reign. However, the kingdom has been turned over and has become my brother's. For it was his from who? The Lord. Scriptures ain't up. (laughs) I thought they was up. It has turned over. You see, folks, God's favor is about turning stuff over. When you're not supposed to be the next one in line to what the world says, God turns it over. Whenever God turns it over, it has to be God's way. Whenever you got something going on in your life that you may be dealing with, maybe I don't know what it may be, but when God shows up, whenever we start getting into following his ways, remember, there's cursing and there's blessing for obedience. And whenever we're in obedience to God and to God's word, God's going to turn some things over. You might have a sickness, Brother Eddie, up in your body, but when God shows up, he turns it over, and nobody can change that. You may have problems going on inside your marriage, but when God shows up, he turns it over. He's turned it over for many things. He's turned it over for you in your lives. He turned it over for you when you was lost, and now you're found. He's turned it over for you because you're going into the ministry. He's going to turn it over for you many, many, many more times. I promise you, my friend, when the devil tries to come at you, he's going to turn it over. You just got to give it to him. Whenever your job is out and you're having problems maybe getting work or maybe you need a promotion or maybe you need something else, God can show up and turn it over does anybody know what I'm talking about he can turn it over it don't matter what's going on in your life God can turn it over because that's what happens and whenever he turns it over everybody can probably get on board even the guy that thought it belonged to him said it wasn't so because of what the Lord said he turned it over all kinds of junk can come toward us but God can turn it over that's what favor is about Brother Mike is here this morning and I'm not going to say what he said before church because we'll have to do we ain't going there but he's been coming to church for the longest time carrying a little oxygen thing on his side and we've been praying and we ain't stopped praying many months actually a couple years you've probably been running around with that thing that bag that you breathe from but God, look at him. last two Sundays he's been here, he ain't had that. That's God's favor. And you can't measure that in money, and you can't measure it in stuff, but that's God's favor because God showed up and turned it over. And I can tell you, he's, he's in rare form. He's, he's, he's back now to the jokes. Woo. And I love that man. I love that heart, brother. God can turn it over no matter what you're facing. Wherever the devil's draws you, maybe say inside your mind, you know what we've been studying on Wednesday nights about, about the offense, the bait of Satan. He can come in and put a bunch of junk in there, but if you're just trusting God, he can turn it over and put you on the path you need to be on. He can turn it over. Now we see that Solomon, he... Uh, he knew, I'm just a kid. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. He didn't go to seminary. I guess he did kind of have a mentor in a way in his daddy. But even with that, he said, I don't know how to do this. And so he goes out and he gets these people. I think it's a thousand of them. He gets them. And they take these goats and these these sheep and Uh, These bulls, and they go, and he says, we're going to go to the high place, and we're going to sacrifice. He knew something was about the sacrifice. Can I tell you this morning, you've done some sacrificing of your own? You see, back then, Jesus hadn't come. So that sweet incense going up to God, their worship, their worship was killing these things, offering the blood, burning it. On the altar, and the incense went up to heaven, and that's when God showed up. Right? Is that how they did it? Everybody, clap your hands. Let's wake up. Wake up. Give God some praise, cause the devil's trying to lure you away. That's how they worshipped. Today, that's not how we worship. I ain't killed nothing and sacrificed it yet to God. Brother Ken, have you killed any of your cows up on the highest hill at your house and sacrificed to God? No, because you have the prayers, which is the incense going up to heaven. That's our prayers. And tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to be praying. That's why God showed favor. That's why God has showed favor, because we are a praying people, and we are a worshiping people. And when we worship, that's a form of worship. That is a a beautiful scent going up into God's nostrils, and he loves it. And the devil don't want us doing that and you want them to turn over, then you just got to let go and let God. You got to let go and start praising God and giving Him some glory. Every time He shows up on the scene, you got to give Him glory. How are we going to give Him glory? We're going to give a testimony of what God has done, and we give Him glory. And then we come in, and some of you might have got here at 8.30 this morning whenever I was in here at the praying time, and we had some music on, and I was just right here, and it just come up on me to start doing a little dancing because David did, and I'm here just dancing, around and praising God and getting excited and built up for this message because I want you to have favor too I want us all to have that favor as a matter of fact God does too when he shows up things change it'll get turned over and so he gets these men together and he says boys I don't know what I'm doing now can you imagine a 12 year old boy coming to a bunch of men and say we gotta go and they follow him they follow him. They go up on the high place, and they kill one, and they look. There's still no God. No fire from heaven, no cloud, no nothing, nothing. Not even nothing in his ear. Nothing from God. And they kill another one, nothing from God. And they kill another one, and nothing from God. You know, when you kill a thousand animals, and you butcher them up, and you put them on the altar, and you burn them, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work. Amen. You know why? Our worship sometimes is sometimes going to take some effort. It's going to have to take some effort if we're going to worship. we will going to come in and pray tonight. Form of worship. We gave money this morning for missions. Form of worship. We give money in our tithes so that the church can function. Form of worship. We, go, we all go out, and we all visit, and we all call, and we all pray. Form of worship. That gives God glory. Amen? Ain't that how it's supposed to be? Okay. So, it took some work. And at the end of the day, still no God. God hadn't said a word. So, what do you do at the end of the day when you've been sacrificing and killing? You just wore out. You go to bed, you go to sleep. 2 Chronicles, I'm going to read two scripture, two different scriptures here for this, I think. Second Chronicles 1, 7 through 12. And on that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, You have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established. For you have made me king over a people like like the dust of the earth in the multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go. Now you hear that? Give me wisdom and knowledge. Whoo, that's powerful. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people for who can judge this great people of yours. Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart Everybody say heart You can know the Bible front to back And quote it in four languages And if it ain't in the heart It don't mean anything Yo, You'll quote it and it will go out And it will probably get somebody saved And show them something But it didn't do nothing for you Because he sees the heart He knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart And we can too You know how? There's a scripture for that. This just came to me. For out of the abundance of the heart speaketh the mouth. If we'll open our ears, we know exactly where our hearts are. Is that an amen? That's a good place to say amen. God's talking to us. God's talking to us, and he's trying to turn it over. He's talking to us. He's trying to turn it over. So are we going to let him turn it over? And he said, uh, where was I at? 11. And because the, what, this was in your heart, and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies. See, he didn't even ask God to deliver the enemies so they would die and get out of his way. Boy, we can pray amiss sometimes, can't we? By the way, you pray that prayer, God ain't listening because that's not, that's not incense to him. I keep losing my spot. That ain't good. Verse 11. Oh, yeah. Had life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Who made him king? Who puts God where they belong in the kingdom of God? That's right. Every one of us is where we need to be in the kingdom of God. And until he says you need to change, until he says you got to go somewhere else or do something else, if you do it without his blessing, without his leading, then you're out of God's will. See what he did? Because he made him king. Wow. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor. Look at that. He was pure in his heart. He was seeking God, and the very things that he did not ask for is what God said he was going to give him. Not only that, he's going to give him the wisdom, and he's going to give him the knowledge, and he's going to give him riches. He's going to give him wealth. He's going to give him honor. Such as none of the kings who had ever were before you, nor shall any after you the like. Now let's go to 1 Kings 3 and 7. We're going to read that one real quick. Now, O Lord my God, I have made, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. Now he's telling you he's a little child. He's a young fella, and he don't understand all the workings of the world. He don't understand how to work the palace and the temple. He don't understand all that because he's got a kid's mind. But God had chosen him. He said, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. A spiritual gift, by the way. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. He was in true humility. He was humbled before God and said, you know what? I don't know how it's supposed to be done. I don't know. I'm not going to seek nobody else's counsel because you called me into this. You appointed me to this. Now what I do? That is a humble heart saying, now God, what do I do? And we gotta, we got to follow what he gives us. What do I do? And then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked long, long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor had asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for, your, uh, for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your word. See, I, ha- I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there are, has not been anyone like you before, before you, nor shall any be like you, uh, arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked for. That's God's favor. Now in this instance, folks, remember I told you, favor ain't just necessarily stuff, and money, things of this world. But it can be. In this case, it was. It was. I've given you what you have not asked for, both riches, and honor, he gave him honor so that there shall not be anyone like you among you among the kings of all your days so now here's the here's the here's the, here's the the stretch right here this is where it comes in at so if you walk in my ways to keep my statues and my commandments as your father David walked, he's addressing a point here, then I will lengthen your days now we know at the end of Solomon's life he had I mean, come on, folks. The guy had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And he, he made it to be 52. Can you believe that? <laughs> My goodness. Oh, boy, sweetie just dropped her head. I'm going to be in trouble when I get home. <laughs> I'm not trying to divide here or nothing, but he had 700 wives. My goodness, something's going on there. <laughs> but the problem was, was, when he was doing all this marrying of all these other ladies from these other nations, idolatry came into the land and he allowed it. And God said, if you will do my statutes, if you will do my commands... And that'll lengthen your days. Something he never asked for, by the way, something he never received. He see, received riches and he received honor. We still talk about Solomon, right? I mean, we got the Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, we got him right here in this. We got a Proverbs, the sayings of Solomon. Think about it. And it made it to the Bible, so, you know, he ain't totally on the outs with God because it made it into the Bible. So God gets to be judge, right? He he chooses, but he did give him some wisdom. You guys remember a tale that these two ladies? Now you got to understand and remember this. I'm almost finished. I can't even see the clock back here, so that's good. Like with Ruth and Naomi, if a woman didn't have a husband, and you know, if, if we covered in Sunday school this morning, that ladies was probably looking at the brothers to decide if they wanted to marry you, because if you died, then they would go and marry your brother. And so, if you didn't like the brothers, I'm sorry, I can't marry you. Because you might die, and then i got to marry him, and I ain't marrying him, so. (laughs) But that was the reason for that. The reason was so they could be took care of. If we did it in the old days, when Megan marries... She's going with her husband, they're going to look out after her parents when they get old and can't. When Ryan marries, his woman's going to come and be with him. Notice I said woman. It has to be a woman. Amen. And his woman's going to come and be with him, and they're going to look out For his mom and dad. Now, that's the old days. I'm not saying it's that way today, but you've got to understand the mind think the mindset, the thinking. So these ladies that come to him, you remember that? The one of them, she laid on a baby and he died. I think it's in 1 Kings 10. And he died. And she swaps him out with the other baby. And then they get to fighting and arguing, you know, fussing over who, no, he's mine, 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 the dead one's yours, the live one's mine, no, the live one's yours, the dead one's mine. I mean, no, I said that backwards, but you know what I mean. They were going on and on and on and on about it, and they took counsel with the king. Now, I want you to picture this in your mind, because this is pretty early in the story, so there's a good chance he was probably a young fella. Now, can you imagine... The reason that they're fighting over it is because they need a son because they need to be took care of when they get older. And so they had something at stake. By the way, when you got something at stake like that, sometimes you don't act right. I said sometimes whenever you got something at stake like that, we don't act right. We get to looking at self and taking care of self and we forget about what God wants and what God said. We go find it. We, we squash those scriptures and go find some others to support our ideas. It's the whole counsel of God, folks. That was the first part of Solomon's wisdom, wisdom the whole counsel of God. And so what did he do? The Bible doesn't say this, but I figure he's, he's seeking God. What do I do? Now, only God can come up with this answer. They come and they come before this little 12-year-old boy sitting on his throne and they're having this fight over which, baby, which mother is the baby of the live baby. And he takes counsel with God. He's asking God for this wisdom and God has granted him this wisdom. He gave it to him and he probably was doing some worshiping. He was probably doing like David and just worshiping God occasionally. He was getting some worship in. He was dancing before the Lord, I think, because he saw his daddy do it. That's what he was taught. He knew how to worship. He knew how to get a hold of God. Obviously, he did because he got a hold of God. In this word right here, he says, I tell you what, bring me a sword and I'm going to cut the baby in half. And I'm going to give half to you and half to you. And the one said, stop, don't do it. Don't kill the baby. Psalm said, now I know what the truth is. This is mom and you ain't. That was wisdom. We try pulling that junk today. Somebody's going to haul us off to jail or get us in all kinds of trouble. But that's the kind of wisdom that he had and led that way. Why? He asked God with a humble heart. You see the favor that he had? See, favor ain't just in the stuff. He had godly wisdom. Godly counsel. He had the word and understanding. A discerning of spirits. He could do that. Because the Lord was leading his steps. And he got the money too, by the way. I'm going to touch this real quick before we stop. Said he was given 666 shekels of gold, wasn't it? Gold and silver, gold I think it was. 666 shekels of gold. I think I wrote it down. Yeah, 1 Kings 10 and 14, and the weight of the gold that came to Solomon yearly, yearly was 660 cents talents of gold. Now, a talent of gold would be a pound, troy ounces as they weigh gold and things like that. If you would have took that and put it in today's dollars, and he ruled for 40 years, over a 40-year period of time, what came into him was 80 billion dollars richest man in America probably is Bill Gates about 40 billion he was double that but of course then again he did have 700 wives and took a lot to feed them and take care of them get them to Walmart (laughs) but the point is is this folks you see how God took and blessed him Now I'm not telling you today that if you keep the statutes of God, that you're going to be rich, because you look at the disciples, the fishermen, the dumb fishermen from over yonder. That's who they were. That's how they were looked at by the by the Hebrew people. They're the dumb fishermen from over on the other side of the lake. What do they know? They know enough. They was walking with Jesus. They died horrific deaths, and they didn't have a lot of stuff matter of fact, he told them, don't take no stuff with you. You just go. I'll take care of you. So that's not the favor of God. If it was, I mean, come on, we got two people running for president. That I don't know if they follow God or not. I'm no man's judge, but i tell you what. I know when there's apples on an apple tree that it's an apple tree. So wealth doesn't necessarily mean it. The favor of God. Austin, you, you got your little lady here visiting with us today. I'm going to come pick on you for a minute. Let's just say, for instance, that, were you in ninth grade, tenth grade now, eleventh grade, tenth grade? What grade are you in? Ninth grade? Four or five more years, you guys might be heading to college. You might not be. And, and who knows? I'm not trying to speak prophetically or nothing. You might break up tomorrow, but then again, you might not. Now, let me ask you, would you consider that if that were to happen, that that would be the favor of God of putting a good woman in your life? A godly woman, by the way. They met at camp. Would you consider that the favor of God? And you can't spend her. Amen? That's what I'm talking about, the favor of God. See, God gave me favor with sweetie. And she's priceless. No, I mean that. I'm not making up for what I said a while ago. She is priceless. The mother of my babies. And can I tell you this? The wise counsel in my other ear when God's in the other one. That's favor. Favor. And our brothers and sisters are right. That's favor. You're going to need the favor of God when you step out and you start ministering. Because the devil don't want the truth getting out because the truth would change lives. Am I right on that? We all have a testimony there, don't we? Just look in the mirror. I know who I was. And Jesus still loved me. And he's still molding me and working on me. I tell you, he tears me down about 20 times a day. Just to start over again. Some of us are hard-headed, and I'm one of them. I'll admit it. But that's God's favor. So if you'll stand to your feet this morning, I want to ask you. If God's been favorable to you, I want you to, I want you to come and pray and thank him for it. If you needing some of God's favor, and maybe, you, maybe you've stepped away from a place, and you're needing God's favor... I want to tell you right now, he is very willing to say, oh, let's wipe this we'll start over. Let's do, it's a do-over. He's going to turn it over. Then come and pray this morning. Now I know it's getting late and you might have to leave and that's fine, but some of you have an appointed time with God this morning. Are you going to keep the appointment? I believe that with all my heart. I was so excited for this word this morning, and I hope that I was able to convey it to you okay, that you got it. That's been my prayer. That's why I was here at 8.30 this morning. Please, Lord, don't even let me speak if I don't, ain't going to do it right. But I believe that you have an appointment with God this morning for it to get turned over. And Pastor Charlie or the Cannon, Brother Cannon, they're going to play us some music this morning. We're not gonna get to, I don't want the guys to have to come up and play the ladies. Let's take this time to pray. If he's been giving you favor and you know that you've identified, I'd like to invite you to come and pray and just praise him and give him worship. Maybe you need something. Maybe something's got a little tweaked a little bit the wrong way. Don't be so prideful that you're not going to let God work on you. Because that's his favor.